The Los Angeles Dodgers, the Major League Baseball team, have announced that they are going to push on and move through the appearance of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. This is a troop of transvestites who dress up as nuns and parody Catholicism and Christianity in general. There was a big spark of outrage in California, including the Archbishop of San Francisco, Archbishop Corleone. And then the LA Dodgers walked it back and said they weren't going to be there. And then yesterday it came out again. Nope, the Dodgers are definitely going to move forward and feature the so-called Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, one of which is pictured over here. On June 16th, what is June 16th this year? June 16th is the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus Christ. What does that mean for Catholics? Well, the Feast of the Sacred Heart is a feast celebrating the humility of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, meek and mild, make my heart like unto thine, is a prayer in honor of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And the Sacred Heart of Jesus reveals that the second person, the Trinity, the eternal Logos, eternal wisdom, the Son of God, humbled himself and was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the immaculate womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And he developed in her womb, and he lived a perfect life. His heart never turned from God the Father. And then on the cross, he gave himself as the eternal salvation, the propitiation, the atonement of the new and everlasting covenant. And his heart was pierced. Blood and water came out of his right side, as St. John, the evangelist and the apostle, gave witness to. And there's been a great devotion to the Sacred Heart. And in fact, the entire month of June is dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, which is an eternal reminder to us that Christ is meek and mild and humble. And it stands in contrast to the spirit of the world who likes to promote pride. Remember that Lucifer, when he fell from his angelic glory, he said, non servium, I will not serve. And St. Michael the archangel said to him, Mikael. Mikael, who, me, we say in English, Michael. I want to ask the question today whether or not the L.A. Dodgers, L.A. means Los Angeles, by the way, the full name of Los Angeles goes back to the missionaries, the Catholic missionaries of California. El Pueblo de Nuestra Señora La Reina de Los Angeles. The town of Our Lady the queen of the angels, which was shortened to Los Angeles. How can it be that a city dedicated to the Virgin Mary under the title of the angels can have a group that mocks the Catholic institution of consecrated virgins, consecrated women and consecrated widows? We call them our religious sisters, our nuns, and appropriates this Catholic institution. Think about it. In America, 
people are very politically correct about this concept of appropriation. So it's considered to be gravely immoral. You'll get completely canceled if you promote something like blackface. So like a white person paints himself up like a black person and does a performance. That would be considered very inappropriate, wicked, evil. Or if you dress up in, say, the garb or the headdress or the clothing of one of the Native American tribes and were to perform that way. I remember even just a few years ago, Paul Newman, the actor, he had a salad dressing or a hot sauce, and it was his face, and he had a sombrero on his head on the jar. I think it was hot sauce. Maybe someone in the live chat can correct me. And it was considered that Paul Newman was appropriating Mexican culture by wearing a sombrero. And so that also had to be removed from the bottle. We could talk about, I don't know, Aunt Jemima, all these things. Like in our culture, appropriation is a, is a really bad, evil thing. And yet there's this group, their entire existence is appropriating the Catholic institution of the female religious life for their purposes. And it seems that all the, everyone on the left who's very concerned about appropriation and cultural sensitivities are completely okay with it. Not just okay with this one exception on appropriation, but promoting it through the L.A. Dodgers. And I just want to be honest and say, how come there is an exception? If, you know, this were a group of biological males, those assigned male biology at birth, and they were all wearing burkas and dressing up and making fun of that like a comedy, would that be okay? Or is it just the Catholic institution? Is it only the Catholics that are, it's okay to mock and to appropriate and to use their images, their clothing, their headdress, their crosses, their rosaries, everything we associate with the wholesome, beautiful, virginal institution of religious sisters and nuns? Why is it okay? Is there an answer? My guess is the answer is, well, they're Catholics, and so they just have to take it. And in a way, I'm a Catholic, by the way, in a way, that's kind of on us. So many other cultures will not tolerate, for example, I was just on, um, on a show, and we were talking about Muslims. I was on Jason Whitlock. We are talking about Muslims, and, and this wouldn't be tolerated, and, you know, I'm not a Muslim, I'm a Catholic, but I got to respect that if someone trashes and rips up the Quran or blasphemes the one that they consider a prophet, I don't, obviously, um, they make a ruckus. They put pressure on corporations and on political institutions. And why is it that Catholics and why is it that Christians don't. And I'm not advocating for violence by any means. No one, I don't want anyone to get hurt. But can we say that is offensive? 
stop, that is offensive. You're appropriating our religion for the sake of a joke or for the sake of entertainment. You're actually offending nuns doing this. Why is that okay? Would you do that if it were Muslim women? Would you do that if it were Jewish women, Hindu women? That's the question. I want to give a little bit of background on the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Just the name. So we got sisters. I'm not going to show images because that's not my thing today. I could shock you. I, people would be going crazy, their heads exploding. Oh, my goodness, if I showed you a bunch of these pictures like you see here. I'm not going to do the shock jock thing and just show a bunch of these pictures. But I am going to focus on the name, Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. That name right there has three offensive elements in it. Number one, sisters. In the Catholic Church, if not a Catholic, women religious. And when we say women religious, we're talking about religion as in, see, we all have ligaments in our body. So religion refers to, and ligaments bind us together. If we didn't have ligaments, we'd just be like a sack of bones and muscles and we'd fall to the ground. Ligaments is what keeps us bound together. And that same word in Latin is where we get, has religion in it, the L-I-G. And these are women who live by a certain set of vows, poverty, chastity, obedience, to serve the poor, to teach children, and to do the charitable works and also to pray and to sacrifice for the sake of other people. So when we say sisters, that's what we're referring to. And so they're the sisters of perpetual indulgence. Perpetual here refers to Our Lady of Perpetual Help, which is a title of the Virgin Mary. We believe when Jesus was on the cross, he said, behold your mother. And that applies not just to John who was standing there, but to each and every disciple of Jesus Christ. Mary is our mother, and as our mother, she's always looking after all the disciples of Jesus Christ. You can see that in Apocalypse chapter 12, if you want a Bible verse, where it talks about the woman clothed in the sun who gave birth to Jesus, and then it talks about how Satan makes war with all the rest of her children, meaning the disciples of Jesus. So Our Lady of Perpetual Help is the Catholic idea that the Blessed Virgin Mary, even though she's in heaven, She's still looking out for us. She's still trying to help us with her prayers and intercessions to God the Father through Jesus Christ, which is how everybody goes to the Father through Jesus. And then Our Lady of Perpetual Indulgence is mocking the Catholic idea of indulgence. We Catholics believe that we sin and God forgives us. If it's a mortal sin, we're forgiven through priestly absolution, which is described in John's Gospel, chapter 20, verses 20 through 22, where Christ breathes the Holy Spirit on them and says, receive the Holy Ghost. Whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. So Christ is the forgiver of all sins, but he gives, he delegates that power to the 12 apostles who have then delegated it to all the bishops and priests since the year AD 33. That's the Catholic belief. But even though we're forgiven in this life, there's still temporal debt temporal punishment. So, you know, if someone kills someone, they can be forgiven by God, of course, but that person is still dead and their family still grieves and there's a ripple effect of sin in the world. So we Catholics believe that we must do reparations or penance to even out the harm of sin in the world. 
and also for especially for our own sins. We call that reparations or penance. And the church also has this understanding that the works, the merits of Christ and all the saints can continue to be applied through the works we do, and those are called indulgences or pardons, and they're applied here on church. So by using the, the three words, sisters of perpetual indulgence, they're mocking the religious nuns, they're mocking the Virgin Mary, and they are mocking Catholic doctrine. You may be watching this and being like, so what? I'm not Catholic. Well, they're also mocking the cross of Jesus Christ, which is the symbol of Christianity. It is the sign of our glory, and it's being appropriated. We need to ask ourselves, why is there a special exception for mocking the cross and mocking Christianity and mocking the Bible? The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence made their first appearance on the Castro Street in San Francisco in 1979. Uh, starting in the 1960s, the Castro District had been transforming from a work, working-class Irish Catholic district through a significant economic decline. A gay bar opened on Market Street, and gradually gay, man be, gay men began to migrate to the neighborhood. By 1977, between 100,000 and 200,000 men had moved to San Francisco from all over the United States. So this is what makes the Castro District the hub of homosexuality activism in San Francisco. Two theater troops, the Coquettes and the Angels of Light, formed in San Francisco in the late 1960s and focused their entertainment on mocking popular culture through drag, embracing drugs, and free sex of the counterculture of the 1960s. The Coquettes performed... By the way, this show is not for children today. I apologize. The Coquettes performed regularly at the Palace Theater uh, as part of the, quote, late-night nocturnal emission series, which gathered a strong following in which they would dress in drag and ascribe to recreational drug use at their shows. The Angels of Light first appeared in a mock nativity scene on Christmas Eve during Midnight Mass at Grace Cathedral in 1970. So going back to 1970, they're mocking the nativity scene and they're focusing at the Midnight Mass. Right, So already early on, these groups are focusing a, a mockery and an attack on Christians. Imagine coming out of Midnight Mass, you're all inspired, you've been singing, you know, Oh Holy Night or Silent Night, and you're going to go open your Christmas presents and all that, and then there's this mockery of the nativity scene. Not wholesome. Not wholesome. Um... The Castro is also known for outrageous characters such as Jesus Christ, Satan, the Cosmic Lady, and they began hosting Halloween events and staging a presentation called The Sound of Music. This followed with appearances at a nude beach. Uh, there's just so much here that the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence um, are active in. Needless to say, 
They are uh, they use drag as their shock value. And there's one other thing here. I'm scrolling here. I, I mentioned Halloween. Uh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, they have a pub crawl with a 13 uh, gay bars that they go to called the Stations of the Cross. And they call out, we adore thee, O Christ, by their traveling audience in Love You Mean It, Let's Do Lunch. Actors pray the Virgin Mary, Mary Magdalene, and other people integral to the Easter traditions, and they pass out condoms and Jägermeister at these events. Um, they also do a hunky Jesus, where they have a physically fit, muscular man play Jesus in order to mock Jesus also at Easter. And then they're spreading out beyond San Francisco, now to LA, also to Nevada. And of course, their latest um, publicity stunt is uh, being involved on the Feast of the Sacred Heart at the... Uh, LA Dodgers game. So this is what's going on. And for those of you just joining me, I'm asking the question, why is it okay to appropriate Catholic nuns? You could not, if you did um, the drag burqa show and it was all about Muslim women and they were doing the same thing, but it was all about Muslim women, there'd be a lot of controversy probably wouldn't go through with the LA Dodgers. And if you're thinking, well, this is crazy California. Everybody's a hippie out there. It's crazy out there. If they're successful with this, it's going to go to every major league baseball stadium. It's going to go everywhere. Why is this okay? And my main question, maybe I'll take some, I'm going to take some questions and comments here, but why do Catholics lie down? Why do Christians do nothing? If it were Muslims, if they were making fun of women at Shabbat, It wouldn't go over. All right, I'm going to come into the questions and to the comments and hear what you have to say. Mary B says, St. Michael, defend us. That's a great comment to lead on to right now. Karen says she's on Facebook. By the way, we're streaming right now on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Show will be on Rumble later on as well. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe and hit the bell. We're not advocating hate. We're not advocating violence. We're just advocating consistency and decency. That's it. Uh, Karen says, we are sitting like lambs while all this stuff is going on. Would Jews or Muslims tolerate this filth? No. And so part of this show is how unfortunate all this is, right? And the appropriation of Catholic nuns. But it's also, we need to check ourselves politically, socially, 
Are we united? Do we care? Is it offensive? Are we offended? Should we do anything? Um, are boycotts called for here? We need leadership here. I would love to see the Cardinal Archbishop of Los Angeles. Oh, I guess he's not a Cardinal. Well, there is Cardinal Mahoney. Cardinal Mahoney should say something. Haven't heard anything. Archbishop Gomez should say something. Bishop Kevin Van in Orange County should say something. Imams would say something. John Wick says, why isn't the Catholic Church demanding all parishes boycott MLB, Major League Baseball? I know many parishes have outings at MLB parks. Yeah, I mean, these are things that would require some leadership. And I think that's maybe one answer to my question today, and that is we don't have clerical leadership. In America, we don't have a St. Boniface. We don't have a St. Leo the Great who goes out and talks face to face to Leo the Hun. We don't have a St. Pius V or a Padre Pio who just says it as it is. We don't have that leader. We got a dad on a, U, on a YouTube channel, on a camera, on a webcam, talking to people. But I mean, I can't, I can't bind your conscience. I can't, I can't say, hey, let's do this. I'm a baptized, confirmed Catholic. By the way, today is the anniversary of Joy and I becoming Catholics. Today is the day we entered into the Catholic Church. So we're celebrating our Catholic anniversary today we became catholic in 2006 so that puts us at 17 years a catholic today blessed be god and blessed be his holy name all right going back into your comments and some questions again please be kind thanks for the super chat from raymond appreciate you by the way if you want to support my channel um please do you can uh, do that in a number of ways. I'd really encourage you to get my latest book, Antichrist and Apocalypse. Also, Infiltration, number, another bestseller. So go and check it out. All right, comments. Damien says, let's just dodge the Dodgers. You know, I think when it comes to businesses, um, we each only have so much money. Right, We all have a budget on what we can do. And I want to bless and enrich people who see things like I see them. Right, That is a form of social solidarity. It's a form of subsidiarity. And, you know, there are many communities, religious communities, ethnic communities in the United States of America who who do work together and promote one another and unite. I think if you went back a hundred years to, to New York, to Chicago, to Boston, you would see Catholics working together, united. There may be a little bit of rivalry, you know, between the Irish and the Italians or whatever, but generally there was a fabric of society. People in their parish worked and supported people in their parish. 
We need to get back to that. I just want to challenge today Catholics to work with and assist and help and do business with the people that you agree with and the people that you would want your children to marry their children or you would be the godparents to their babies. Like This is how Catholic social fabric is woven together. Marriages, baptisms, godparents, confirmations, sponsors, businesses, all of these things. Monty R.C. says, happy anniversary, Dr. Taylor. I appreciate that. Very glad to be a Catholic today. Very blessed. Archbishop Gomez has said nothing about the Dodgers. He's a weak coward. Let's not say he's a weak coward yet. Maybe he still has something to say. June 16th is when it's all scheduled to happen, the Feast of the Sacred Heart. So the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence will be on the Feast of the Sacred Heart at Dodger Stadium. Really don't want to see any Catholics there on that day. That'd be a disappointment. Going back into your comments and into your questions. Nicole says, I live in Los Angeles. It is full of demons. We need a Father Pio and a Father Patton. You know, we live in a post-Christian society, and it's going from post-Christian. It was really starting to be post-Christian around 1960, and it's gone to anti-Christian, I think, really since the year 2000-ish, maybe more like 2008, 2010 is is really when it's going anti-Christian. So post-Christian to anti-Christian, and here's the thing. All those church bells and asperges and holy water and rosaries and masses and nunneries and convents and monasteries, all those things were withholding the evil. They were a wall, an invisible wall that we couldn't see that was holding back the demonic, holding back the mortal sins, keeping things sane and civilized. And when the monasteries fall and the convents fall, we have less priests and less masses and no more church bells, no more Christ in the public square. All that stuff goes away. The spiritual protection is taken away. And what happens when there's a vacuum? It just stays a vacuum? The devil says, no, I don't want to be there. No, the devil wants to be there. He wants to come in. Going back into your comments and into your questions. I like this one. Blessed Solanus love baseball, it seems to me. You know, I was on uh, Jason Whitlock today, and he brought up to me the point that if you look at the history of sports, organized sports in America, the Catholic Church was the leader. Now, he was not even a Catholic. All right, Jason Whitlock's not a Catholic, but he's on the show with me saying the Catholic Church was the leader in organized sports going back 100 years. You see, Catholics disagreed with the Puritans, with the Calvinists, who said that recreation and sports on Sunday is a sin. We have always allowed and encouraged sports on a Sunday, not in replace of holy mass. You still have to go to mass, but... Playing organized sports on a Sunday is part of recreation. 
Notice I said recreation. It's the same word as recreation, spelled the exact same way. Families, friends, throwing baseballs, playing baseball, playing soccer, playing football, shooting hoops, running, walking, all of those things, as long as it's not servile and ripping your body down, are invited on Sundays. Catholics have always encouraged team sports as well. We are a social group. We are a group that's united, as I just said, by bonds, teamwork. Team sports, especially for young men, creates in them confidence and the ability to do great, great things in the military and great things in the workforce. Sports is a training ground. And, and Catholics, you look at the formation of all the major sports in America, uh, basketball, soccer, football, baseball, even hockey. Early on, there are Catholic legends, both as players and as coaches, going all the way back. The Catholic influence has been there at the very beginning. And so it's a shame to see organized sports, team sports, co-opted for a message that appropriates and offends our Catholic sisters. It's not fair to them. Take some more questions and comments. I'm enjoying you. Please share this video on Facebook and Twitter. If you're watching there, just go ahead and hit the share button. I would appreciate that. Connor says, Taylor for president. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Moving through your comments and your questions. Edith says, where can I get your books? You can get them on Amazon. If you'd like to get signed copies, I'd encourage you to go to patreon.com. You can get, I'll send you a rosary. There's different levels for different books here. Um, but if you go to patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall, I'll sign it and I will mail it to you. So go to patreon.com. If you want to get books, you don't want to use Amazon and you want me to sign them. This is how it's done. Patreon.com. Thank you for asking that, Edith. Appreciate you. Going back into your comments and questions, we'll take a couple more here. DJQ says, we all have a presence. Each one of us has a social media presence. Use that positivity to promote good and truth and fight against evil. Yeah, I say this all the time on this podcast, Taylor Marshall podcast, take up space. What does take up space mean? It means put a crucifix in your home. It means put a statue of the Virgin Mary outside of your house or put a cross by your front door. It means put a rosary in your car, uh, put a rosary in your pocket, put up an outdoor shrine. If you own public, I mean, if you own, if you own private land, you can put up something that honors Jesus Christ. All of us have the opportunity to say, I serve Christ. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Keep miraculous medals in your backpack and when you're traveling, you can give them to people. It's shocking how often you people you meet people who are distressed. I remember I was in an airport once. I came out of the bathroom and I saw a woman like just breaking down, crying like hysterical. So I had a miraculous medal with me. I walked over to her and I said, excuse me, ma'am. And she looks up to me and is like, um, I just feel like God wants me to give this to you. It's a miraculous medal. And I hand it to her and she's like, so happy and like, thank you so much. You don't know what this means to me right now. And then I just went on my flight. 
who I don't know what that I don't know what happened there, but I took up space in a very small way, and hopefully that gave her hope, or maybe it gave her grace, or maybe she was despairing, or maybe she was a lapsed Catholic, or she was I don't know. But in these little ways and in big ways too, we can take up space for Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do. We pray it in the Our Father, which we're going to pray here in a little bit. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's a lot of people who just say, well, it'll all be okay when we get to heaven. That's true. That's true. And yet God wants, the reason we're not dead yet is that God wants us in some way to bring down a piece of the kingdom here on earth. It's been said, every time you make the sign of the cross, name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, every time you do that, you place a drop of grace on everyone who sees it. You're at your favorite Italian restaurant. The food comes. You say, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, bless us, O Lord. You say the prayer. Everyone in the restaurant who sees you make that sign of the cross, a drop of grace goes on every single one of those persons. We Catholics have to take up space in the public arena. We know that those who disagree with us are taking up space. Where? On Main Street. At the public square. At the courthouse. At the elementary school. At the library. They're taking up space everywhere. Are we taking up space? Or are we just saying, take it all? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to subscribe to this channel. Hit the subscribe hit the like button, and hit that bell so that you're notified. We have to be confident as Catholics. We need to be brought together. We need to hear these messages. We need to be reminded of the call to bring thy kingdom come. If you want to be part of that, I encourage you to subscribe to this channel. That's one of the things that we talk about, and I'm going to be talking about it a lot more. The social reign of Christ the King. Do we really believe that culture can be transformed by God? Can your neighborhood, well, first off, can your family, first off, can your marriage and then your family and then your extended family and then your neighborhood and then your town or your community and then your culture and then your nation, can that be transformed? If you're pessimistic about that, I understand not your fault, because we're in a pretty bad time right now, but there's been times in history where things have gotten so bad, and then people convert. Revival. Look at Paris. They rebelled. They had the French Revolution. They took nuns, and they guillotined them, cut their heads off, cut the heads of the nuns off. After all that was over, France repented, and they built a basilica in Paris, Sacré-Cœur, the sacred heart of Jesus, the antithesis of pride, the pinnacle of humility. After the great evil of the French Revolution, which was godless, immoral, degenerate, antichrist, they came back and they, as a society, built a basilica of reparation and of penance, and they named it Sacre-Cœur. 
the sacred heart of Jesus. Jesus, meek and humble of heart, make our hearts like unto thine. It is possible to pass through a French Revolution and build Sacre Coeur. Why don't we start to believe that way and start to act like that? Thanks for watching. This is the Dr. Taylor Marshall Podcast. Remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. We're going to pray the Our Father now. Oremos. Nomini Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in celi, sanctificetur nomen tuum. Adveniet regnum tuum. Fiat voluntas tua, secut in cello et in terra. Panam nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie, et imite nobis debita nostra. Sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et nenos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Amen. St. Joseph, pray for us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Nomine Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Thanks for watching. God bless and Godspeed.